0: all right hello welcome back today i am here with jolton joe mccoy what's going on joe hello not much what's going on with you uh well just got back from the lab had a in-person meeting today and two in-person meetings today wow um that was somewhat painful but yeah is, <laughs> I, it, is it your first time for in-person meetings in a while yeah. yeah uh but my boss brought beers in so that was nice Oh, that's nice. Uh, yeah. Um, other than that, um,
1: I still kind of wish it was on Zoom, though, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I know. Me too. So. I, have to, uh, I have to return to my office in the next couple of weeks or so. So we'll see how it goes. Do you feel like your job
0: is one that, that do you feel like you need to be in person for, for that?
1: Uh, yes and no. In some ways, I think it'd be beneficial, too um in other ways our office has kind of operated well remotely um so it, it's more uh, on a personal level i think i'm just kind of uh, anxious to start going back and get out of the house a little bit you know uh-huh. um just having been I've, I've been working from home from home for i mean over a year now so i'm ready to just kind of spread my wings and fly back into the world. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well like it is important to have some level of like base social interaction mm-hmm Um, but I I think the idea of going back into the office five days a week is, uh, it's, it's draconian and needs to
1: draconian. Wow. Intense. That's a very hard (laughs) stance you got there. It's,
0: you know, I, I think the idea that it's stupid has been around for a long time. Sure. And I think a lot of people are happier working either primarily from home or at least partially from home.
1: And mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong
0: with being able to work from home. I think it's oh, yeah, awesome definitely. if you if you can and that's what works for you. Mm-hmm. Um and like, you know, you can still go in once or twice a week so you don't lose your mind by yourself. Sure. So anyway, yeah, we had in person meetings. Uh, heading out to New Orleans tomorrow. Exciting. For Grant Crandall's not 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 bachelor party because he's married.
1: Yes. Just his uh, shindig
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> cool so i'll be waking up at about 5 30 a.m oh gosh what time is your flight 7:10. okay how far are you from the airport uh about 20 minutes uh okay. it's, a, it's a small airport though so i've like, sure. gone through security at this airport uh in about like 10
1: minutes probably. oh nice yeah <laughs> so, what airline what airline are you flying uh jet blue cool exciting that's a that's a bigger airline for a small airport yeah. Uh, the only is- time I flew out of a I flew out of the Ewing Airport once, and uh, I flew Frontier Airlines, and I got through security at that airport probably also in like ten minutes. Uh, but boy, howdy, was Frontier Airlines not great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just want to
0: say this podcast is not sponsored by JetBlue. Oh, good. Uh, spon- sponsor- sponsor- I hope that I also sponsored
1: Frontier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's the airline that's given me money. <laughs> oh yeah. Never mind. Frontier, five, um, five, frontier. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So what, what's been going on with you, man? You got your nice little place out in. Uh, yeah, well, I, I won't say the town in case oh. a mob decides to
1: attack you. Sure. Yeah, don't DDOS me. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well. yeah, no. Uh, I mean, so recently I bought a home, which is like yeah. the the big thing right now. Uh, taking up a lot of my time. Uh, I, I've learned that holes. A ho- holes homes much like boats are holes you throw money into um because there's a million things that have you know come up and had to fix but uh yeah i mean it's great being a homeowner i like it that's beyond good. that beyond that uh myself and my fiance are planning our wedding right now that's kind of eating up all of my time that's not work is wedding planning do you are you enjoying it i am yeah it's it's uh it has its challenges. We have our loud discussions, <laughs> but no, nothing super detrimental. What, um,
0: what's the, what's the breaking point between you guys? What, what is, what's the topic that's like most likely to derail mm. the wedding?
1: Well, on, I mean, we, we've <laughs> thus far, we've already, my philosophy is we have booked a venue, so we are going to show up somewhere and get married. <laughs> and so that's like where, that's what I care about mostly. Um, beyond that, the things that w- we've done most of the major things like that. Like we got a DJ as well. We have the food sorted out. Um, so the stuff that's left is things that I haven't thought as much about as far as wedding planning goes, but we have a binder that is like, these are things you should do when you're planning a wedding. And so it's got things like ordering flowers, which is important, but you don't think about it. Um, and uh, I mean, more things like that of like decorations, essentially. And just what we need to do to prep the venue aside from that planning things that I also did not think about that are like, uh adjacent to the wedding wedding adjacent like blocking hotel rooms if you have guests who are coming from from out of town or out of state or anything like that um back end things like that that we got to sort out okay. uh, so so f- and, and so far nothing's been like you know uh the breaking point of, of, of <laughs> mine and my fiance's relationship <laughs> we're not we're not on the precipice of of, of calling it off okay but uh w- but it's just there's it's i mean obviously there's a lot of money involved so that's stressful yeah. but then it's just uh, a, a lot of things to keep track of that's stressful like hey did you forget to call this person or did you do xyz thing you need to do um so o- overall we're pretty well organized but it's just right right now we've gotten it's just under a year now for when we're getting married so we've gotten to the point where it's like we got to hunker down and get it done
0: okay and i'm sure there's like a lot of people competing now to have real weddings since last year it was kind of a wash
1: yeah there is um, when we uh <laughs> we, uh when we were booking our wedding uh we initially we got engaged just over a year ago we thought we were gonna have a shorter engagement but um since we were when we, when we started looking at venues to pick plan for our wedding everyone is like we're booked through next year because everybody's pushed their weddings back from from covid yeah so now we're getting the times after those people (laughs) who pushed it back
0: okay yeah Uh, did you guys consider like doing a wedding planner or anything
1: yeah we can't afford that okay (laughs) cool that's that seems like a a luxury business it is yes It'd, it'd be cool to have not in our cards
0: yeah um i'm interested in like what you said about uh homes being holes that you sink money into sure because apparently like homeownership is the way to achieve generational wealth in america mm. yeah who'd have sunk uh, i i don't i've only ever heard like that
1: saying i don't
0: know any of the
1: economics Nate, my my asterisk exclamation point stop i am not a financial advisor i know nothing about finance <laughs> my understanding of how generational wealth is created through uh, owning a home is that real estate generally increases in value um, almost almost without fail. So if you buy a house for hypothetically $1,000, obviously made up, uh, and then in two generations, it's worth $10,000. Whatever you sell the house, you made $9,000. Okay. Um, so like if, if re- more realistic numbers, if you buy a house for $300,000 and then in, By the time you have kids, you've paid off your mortgage and the house is worth Mm -hmm. $700,000, then in theory, your kids would have made a bunch of money from you just owning the house. That makes sense. But like in theory, the house should get less expensive,
0: not more expensive because it's getting older.
1: In theory, yeah. (laughs) Um, But it's more it's the property more than anything um, is my understanding of it. Again, my very limited understanding of it. Um, But also housing housing. From from having looked for this house for the past few months, the housing market right now is wild in that things are being sold for way higher uh a way higher values in a, a way shorter amount of time than they have been in the past for the same amount of growth. Um so like this house the last time it got sold was listed for like a very large percentage worth less <laughs> than not worthless, but worth less than it was wow. now. Like so it sold only a few only six or so years ago, I think, for like total cost like maybe only like 75% of what we pay for it right now wow. so things are like really blowing up and a lot of that has to do with covid because a lot of people uh got into the buying a house market while it was going on yeah um so through demand uh prices just superficially went up yeah well
0: um i was like i i tend to get interested in things for like an hour and then forget to follow up on them um, sure <laughs> we all yeah and i I don't remember what context but i was uh i was looking into like why rent prices and housing prices are skyrocketing like apparently we're still getting screwed over by the 2008 financial crisis uh like that just that just took a bunch of homeowners and turned them into renters and that's just jacking up the price of especially like that's interesting rentals. And I guess now there's, I, I don't know why that would increase the price of, um, of, uh, of home ownership. Uh, apparently like construction too is just like, I don't want to say a dying business, but it's, it's getting like more and more expensive to do and harder and harder to do. And that's just driving the price of real estate up. Uh, so yeah, the whole situation seems kind of fucked.
1: To be honest, sounds like it. <laughs> um, I know very little about the impact of the the uh, housing market crash from two thousand eight on now still, but I mean, it seems impactful, so I'm inclined to believe you. <laughs> yes, well, I mean, it was it was a big deal.
0: Like you know, I guess we kind of forget because we were like 13, 14. Yeah, we were young. Um, but yeah, it's just, things were bad. Yeah, they were. I, I assume <laughs> from no, how they I were bad. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we, we obviously we didn't lose
1: jobs because sure. they can't yeah. kick us out of public school. Sure. That. <laughs> yeah, that didn't personally that rare, but people in my family lost their jobs, obviously. So we knew, like, yeah, first hand, second hand impact that way. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a the homeownership itself has been a well, uh, it's been very fulfilling. I've learned a lot about. I guess I've become a lot more responsible in the months I've been doing this as far as like things I need to get done. Like I, I got no landlord to call anymore. So I'm like, I got to do this and address this thing. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, that obviously does not come without its challenges. Mostly, mostly cause I'm also paying for a wedding. So it's all just <laughs> bur- burning all my money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what's uh? what's like the biggest thing that you've learned that from home ownership that you didn't expect to, to learn.
1: Ooh. Um, well, one is, I guess, the, inte- the integrity of of most homes and how sturdy they are, because I've had, like, like a tree fell on my garage, <laughs> and there's been other structural stuff, too, but it's all still standing and all, like, doing real well. So I was like, okay, houses are sturdy, but also at the same time, uh, how significant impact such things that seem little can have. So, like, I only recently discovered that one of my rooms has a leak in the ceiling. I've since resolved it, but uh, to make a long story short, I found there was like an ongoing damage problem from some, from such a super small minor leak that's occurred over a long time. And I don't know how long it's been since before I owned the home. Um, So both houses are strong, but also very weak in a different way.
0: Well, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I remember my, my mom's house was every, the second you would fix one thing, like something else and it was screwed up. And it was such
1: a hassle. Uh, we also kind of treated that home like trash, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, also looking back now, as in a as a homeowner, I treated my parents' house like trash too, because yeah. you know? <laughs> I was, you know, we were we were dumb kids. We didn't yeah. Understand the power, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, you don't like appreciate things as a as a kid, and I guess I don't appreciate that. I mean, like now, you know, I have a security deposit that I like. I worry Ooh. about losing. Um. Not that I've done anything
1: to lose my time. (laughs) Not that I've punched that (laughs) hole in the wall behind me yet.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, it it seems weird. I, I, to be honest, it's not something that really has any sort of appeal to me, at least not for a very long time. Um, I don't know, I guess it's life is very different when you're in a relationship versus when you're single.
1: Yeah, I, I suppose uh, that probably is something
0: to do with it. <laughs> yes, I, I know you uh, You wanted to talk a little bit about like your your upbringing, and uh, you I like, know you have kind of a unique um, family structure. Sure. Do uh, so you want to uh, explain that?
1: When you say I have a unique family structure, it sounds like you're insulting my family, Mike. Uh, yeah. yeah I <laughs> but that sentence uh, itself.
0: <laughs> Joe has a wonderful family. Oh. This is a story about how his family is good.
1: <laughs> oh, said. thank you. Um, my, I, I grew up in a, well, a multiracial family. Um, I, I'm white. Both my parents are white. I have one biological sibling, um, who is also white. Uh, and then I have three siblings who are adopted. Uh, two of my siblings are black and they were adopted from the United States, which is the country that I live in. Um, and then I have a sister who is Korean, who is adopted from Korea. Um, and that's the family that I grew up in. Obviously, you know, it's it's my family, so it's just my brothers and sisters, but I acknowledge that's something that when I express that to people, a lot of people are like, oh, that's a unique situation or, like you said, a unique family structure that you grew up in. Um, so when you asked me to be on and talk about something interesting, I was like, well, I guess that's something interesting. And <laughs> yeah, so, um, so.
0: Well, so you you and your brother were the first, or the two oldest, correct? Correct. Yes. And then, how old were your adopted siblings when they came when they were brought in?
1: Early? So I have, um, I, like I said, I have three three other siblings who are adopted. Um, my I have two younger sisters and one younger brother. Uh, my youngest sister is actually graduating high school tomorrow, coincidentally, uh-huh. and she is. Uh, Hey, I'm doing math in my head. She's 21. No, she's 20 now. Um, and then I have uh, my second youngest sibling is my my adopted brother. There's a lot of people to name. <laughs> my, my adopted <laughs> brother is 20. Uh, he just had a birthday. I think he's 25 now. He might be 26. <laughs> it's one of the two. Uh, and then. Third youngest sibling is my other adopted sister. She is 26 or 25. Same as same age as my other youngest sibling, my other youngest sibling. Um so uh, my hang on, I'm trying to figure out the easiest way to explain this the <laughs> audio. <laughs> uh my youngest sister was adopted when she was born. Um who uh my only other adopted my only other sister who is also adopted was adopted when she was also born uh and then my younger brother was adopted when he was 6 i believe is is when we adopted him might have been 7 um okay. so he grew up a little bit outside the house before being adopted um let me know if that was clear because <laughs> i realized i my word sounded that a both little both of bit. your
0: sisters were Came, uh, came as um, as like infants, you said? Yes, correct. Okay. And then your brother was a little older. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, and so how old were, were you when, when all that happened?
1: Uh, I was two when my... I'm, I'm just going to create a better timeline. Okay. Younger sister, younger brother, youngest sister. <laughs> okay. Younger sister was adopted when I was, I think, almost two. Or I just turned two. Um, and she was at that point only a few months old, uh, younger brother was adopted when he was seven. Like I said, so I was 10 or nine. Uh, and then my youngest sister was adopted. Like I said, when she was a newborn and I was, I think seven or eight at that point in time.
2: Okay.
0: So I'm, I'm curious, like how you reacted when, I guess when you were seven or eight and your parents you know brought this new baby home like you know how i you you already have had an adopted sibling but you sort of more mm-hmm. grew up with yeah with that sibling so were you like you know is this just that was just something very natural to you or was it kind of a, a weird adjustment period
1: no i think it, it came very naturally i think um in that <clears throat> excuse me uh like uh like you mentioned it's something i had experience with in, in a way as as a child because I had this. I always had a younger sibling who was adopted. Um, as far as I can remember, like you know, I don't. I don't remember my time existing before uh, uh, my first adopted sibling arrived in my life because, like I said, I was only two. Um, but I remember when I was seven and ten, when my other two siblings were adopted, respectively. My parents had. I, I more vividly remember the conversations that my parents had. With myself and my siblings preparing us for this new this new sibling to enter our lives in our home, uh-huh. um, I imagine it's pretty comparable to the conversations parents have with their children when uh, one of the one of the parents is just expecting to give birth uh, at one point, you know, yeah, um, in that in that it's just like, hey, there's a new kid coming, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get ready, <laughs> batten down the hatches. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I imagine I, I, I felt pretty uh, comfortable when it was ongoing. And I imagine it was like, uh, uh, like I said, I've only ever had my lived experience. I imagine it's pretty comparable to what most kids have when a parent says a new kid's on the way through whatever medium that it
0: is. Mm-hmm. And How did your parents get involved in adopting so
1: many kids? My, go oh, sorry, go ahead. Okay, my, my parents, after my mother gave birth to me, Uh, My parents decided they wanted to have another child. and They wanted to have a girl. Um, So they decided they were going to adopt the child. They the organization through which they adopted uh, my younger sister, who is the one from Korea, um, was uh, a private organization. It was a private charity that worked specifically uh, to connect children born in in South Korea to be adopted. in places across across the globe, mostly in the United States, it was set up, and this is all of it. my parents have articulated this to me in my more adult years. So I apologize if this isn't totally correct, but uh, this organization <laughs> was set up by a veteran who served in the Korean War, and through his time serving there, uh, ended up adopting a child of his own from Korea, and then he created this charity organization to. Uh, set up these adoption, essentially just an adoption agency specifically in this country. Um, I don't know how my parents specifically got connected with that organization, uh, but then after adopting my sister through that organization, uh, when adopting my other two siblings, that just went through the state, through the government. Um, And so there's a, in in the state, in the state of New Jersey, which is where I grew up, there is a, uh, the, the former name of the I think it's just the equivalent of a child protective service. Was DIFUS? It's an acronym. I'm not sure what it stands for, but they, those adoptions just went through the state there.
0: Okay, and then, so once you adopt a, a kid, do they just start reaching out to you and say, "Hey, yeah, one. Do you can, can you take
2: another?" I'm not
1: sure. <laughs> no, uh, I I don't think that's how it works. When we, so when um, I remember when I was young, my parents brought myself, um, my older brother. And both my sisters, uh, because although my younger brother is older than my youngest sister, like I said, he was seven or six when we adopted him. So he was adopted after Mm -hmm. my youngest sister was still adopted. Um, But we went to some organization or some um, event that they put on at the state for families who had adopted kids in the past and for kids who were in foster care and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And my understanding of it as a child, I don't know if this is the greater purpose of it now being an adult looking back, was it was just essentially like a social thing um where it's like hey you've gotten involved with us at, at the state as an organization come to this event um there's gonna be lots of families there who adopted kids or who are fostering kids um, and while at that event uh i it, it individually met the met uh, my youngest brother or my younger brother um while i believe he was in foster care at that point which is why he was there and we were just talking mm-hmm. uh and uh then after that event my parents brought up the prospect of adopting him into our family okay. um so in, in, like you said i don't think it was them calling up people and being like hey do you want to <laughs> adopt more kids but maybe it was if that's why they invited people to that event and then as an adult i just haven't reflected on it that way um
0: do any of your adopted siblings have any contact with their biological parents
1: no oh. um yeah not not, not in any capacity um they've one of my sisters has expressed some interest at some point in her life of connecting with uh her, her cultural roots um oh. but be, beyond those expressions she she hasn't attempted to reach out to anyone or anything like that
0: well that that is an interesting issue because so you have three adopted siblings and they're all of a race different than the parents who raised them mm-hmm. so you know I, I imagine there is this really weird cultural disconnect that you know someone who was raised by parents of like the same race and religion with them just couldn't Mm -hmm. really identify with um Mm -hmm. i would be really interested to to hear if you have any insight on that uh please please joe give give your white male perspective (laughs) yes exactly
1: (laughs) um I was about to say what you just referenced. I've only, I have only my own lived experience. I can only talk about myself. I've talked to my siblings about those sorts of things, but you know, I don't, I haven't lived in their, sh- in, in their shoes. I don't know what that exactly is like from my conversations I've had with my siblings and with my family as a whole, like there, there have been, uh, both times when like cultural events have been happening in the world that we, that we've discussed as a family, but also just, uh, as children, my parents had conversations with us about like, you know, what racism is and how some people, uh, are going to treat us as a family we're mm-hmm. to treat individuals in our family differently because of how we look yeah. and i remember those really striking me as a child obviously yeah um but now as an adult with just being an adult and being able to talk to my siblings about this kind of stuff um that's a, a lot of those conversations we have are more so on like a one-on-one basis rather than like these family parents sit down and talk to us about that kind of stuff
0: and were were your parents looking to specifically adopt non-white children
1: that's not something I know the answer to.
0: I don't okay. know. Um <laughs> I yeah, I re- I really don't know.
2: Okay. No,
0: I I mean it's it's an amazing thing. Um I so I I'm curious if well do, do you want children? I do want children. Yes. Okay. And do you want biological children? Do you want to adopt children? Do you not know? Do you want a mix of the two?
1: I'm not sure at this point. I think I want uh, I want I want to have I, I think two kids that's a big big again big asterisk big who knows I'm I'm uh, I'm 27 years old I'm very I'm relatively young um, I got I'm, I'm not sure exactly what I want as far as that goes but I think I want two kids um I hope I have no more because I, I just moved into this house and I don't have bedroom space for any more kids <laughs> um, but <laughs> as far as adopt I, I, as far as adopting versus having biological children Um. I know myself, and my fiance, they want to have at least one biological t- child. Um, but then beyond that, we, we don't know if like, well, like I said, we're not certain if we're going to have two kids. So I'm not sure if uh, that is even something that's on the table. If so, at that point, we're not sure if we adopt or not. We've had those conversations before, but um, we're still uncertain. Okay. In that area.
0: Well, it's a, it's a very uncertain area. Um, yeah. I, w- I would imagine there, there's yeah. a lot of question marks a lot of a things to consider and like you say like you know we're 27 we're relatively young but like I mean at I, I, one point you know not too long ago we were we would be like old <laughs> I yeah
1: guess you're right we'd be old, old, men, old. Men, but like yeah
0: you know, the future was, is
1: now Mike yeah we don't live that in time
0: now. it's like oh you're 27 you don't have a kid there's something yeah. wrong with that
1: guy <laughs> yeah potentially I bet My, uh, fighting the war <laughs> yeah it's true um it's a very uh i don't know i i I don't know how true that sentiment is because i know people always like um uh it's it it, it, older older generations have always had problems with the younger generation whatever that might be yeah (laughs) as far as time goes back uh there's a quote from it's either Plato or Socrates. I can't remember, but it's like uh, talking about how like kids don't respect their teachers. And I was like, that's what people still complain about their, uh, about their kids now, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how. Uh, Going back to caveman times or probably like
0: moody preteens telling their maybe. mom to get out of their caves.
1: <laughs> maybe, probably. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I don't know. Um, my parents were older when I was born. How old were your parents when you were born? um i think my mom was 30 and my dad was 36. Mm-hmm.
2: And
0: then i have a brother who's six years younger than me so I put my mom at 36 and my dad at 42. Mm-hmm. so they were yeah. older mm-hmm. for the time
1: um my parent, my parents have a relatively big age gap my mother was when my older brother was born my mom was i think 24 or 25, 25, and my dad was thirty seven. Um, which, as being someone who is over twenty five now, I feel like that sounds weird. But when you think tw- when you think like twelve years isn't that big a difference? It's not. Uh, but like, I couldn't imagine being with uh, someone who's uh, forty right now.
0: So. Oh, yeah, that's. Um, uh, I see every once in a while a forty year old pops up in like Tinder for me, and was like, oh, yeah. this is an interesting prospect.
1: Thanks nothing nothing wrong with it man yeah
0: (laughs) uh i'm googling average age of people getting married um through time and i'm i'm curious uh apparently in vermont uh men marry at 30 and a half and women marry at 28.1 uh so i've still got some time before (laughs) <laughs> or you just got, or you just got to move to somewhere yeah. where the just keep moving to somewhere the numbers higher each time. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna pick like, okay. Apparently, in 1973, this is the median
1: age. Um, I believe for oh, wait, a- let me let me guess, let me guess. This, okay. this is this is for marriage, not for uh for having marriage. a child yeah 1973 <sighs> 1973 I'm gonna
0: say 24 okay is that for do you want to do separate guesses for men and women
1: sure okay I'll say 24 for oh mm, 20 oh it's 73 I'm gonna say 24 no, for women no 23 for women and 24 for men
0: okay you're, you're not far off but younger believe it, mm. 23.2 for men at
1: 21 really Wow. that's nuts yeah it's very i mean times the world's changed so much more in the past few decades than it's ever changed in the you know uh 4.6 billion years the earth existed before that yeah as far as the human experience goes um Uh, so
0: this data goes back to like 19 1890 uh and it was like around 22 21 and a half until 1940 and then it drops to around 20
1: that's from the war 47 and it's
0: Oh, in yeah, 1947? There. Yeah, and it stays oh, there until 19 oh my god 19 in 1973 it got to 21 before that it was 20.9 hmm. women what were 20 year olds doing getting married <laughs> jesus was,
1: maybe because it was after the war everyone was uh jubilant yeah. <laughs> and just excited about life you know the economy is good and all that that is such that's just something i can't
0: wrap my mind around i yeah, can't either that's that's such a foreign perspective from like where i feel in my life right now
1: i wonder i always want to i always look back at like uh not, I mean, all, not always in that I'm sitting with old photos. Like I look, whenever I look at old photos of people from like the seventies or the eighties and it's like, uh, this was me or my dad or whoever when I was 16 and they look like they're 35. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, were people just older back then? Um, or was it, is it just because the, the film grain is bad on this old camera? I don't know.
0: I think they were just tougher times. Maybe we, we've gotten soft
1: oh yeah we're we're too coddled oh yeah yeah tell me about it (laughs) um yeah to bring it to bring that back a little bit to my family experience one thing that's interesting is uh i'm the only one of my siblings who's declaratively decided like i want to have kids and i think that's interesting uh from growing up in a family with so many siblings, so many being yeah. relative, obviously. Like I'm not like the biggest family ever, but you know, more defi- being one of five siblings is more than most people I've known growing yeah. up. Um, and so, you know, I'm not gonna psychoanalyze myself <laughs> and think, why might that be? just think <laughs> is interesting that I grew up in this very large family, uh, re- again, relatively. Um, and most of my siblings either are unsure if they wanna have kids or expressly don't wanna have kids. Okay, mm-hmm. interesting yeah but i'm gonna have a lot of my kids are gonna have a lot of cool aunts and uncles though so, so that's it yeah. cool. <laughs> and they'll spoil them if they don't have the kids of their own
0: yeah um all right you ready for a, a random question
1: joe is that does that what is that what happens yeah hit me yeah that's it's uh how do you deal with stress oh gosh Um uh, poorly <laughs> <laughs> um i try to find personal time uh is, is my best best way to deal with stress um away from essentially the world they masturbate on this show <laughs> oh I'm allowed to yes, you can <laughs> no, say that's that. not that's not it but i'm glad i can say that. that's nice to know i have that freedom good. am i allowed to curse oh yeah good <laughs> um but i have no curse words to say no but but actually just like uh i try to do it i like to find an activity i can do that feels independent even if it's not so like for example uh over a lot over the past several months for a lot of the pandemic i've been learning to play chess okay and that's like where i've been dedicating most of my time to that i've been using to try and de-stress or decompress or just get away from stuff and and, go ahead sorry go ahead i was gonna say (laughs) but obviously learning to play chess takes another individual but when i'm sitting in front of my computer just playing with somebody it feels like it's something i'm doing alone and just focus on on that activity Mm -hmm. um so that and doing things like playing a video game or watching a movie or just laying down listening to a podcast even though That might be social in nature it's just something i'm doing by myself and just Uh decompressing
0: were you you inspired by the queen's gambit
1: i was not um but funny funny enough i uh i was listening to another podcast um where these uh it's just two brothers talking about their like things they're nostalgic about and they were talking about board games on one episode and mike steinfeld i know in high school we would play board games sometimes together That's a passion that has continued in my life beyond that i love playing board games but since the pandemic started i have not really had the opportunity to play board games with many people um now that it seems we might be on the tail end of it knock on wood i'm excited to be able to do that again uh but after hearing that i was kind of like man i wish i could play a game with someone again so i started thinking about what i could do and i found that it's very easy to go online and play chess with people um and after, for some reason i don't know why because like my whole life i've never really I, i've known the rules to chess but it's never been something that really interested me i always like to play a little bit here and there i knew how the pieces moved but i didn't know like all the weird rules um but i was like this is a game i can try playing and then for some reason now i just it totally got hooks in me and for pretty much for the past three months every literally every day i've done at least one or two chess related things so if not play a game do some puzzles or do some practice to like try and better myself what is a
0: chess puzzle
1: uh essentially that you're given a position on on a chess board and you have to find the best move Ooh. um it's interesting there's a lot of online there's a lot of online avenues right now that have like uh ways to it, it's like There's puzzles of different categories you can select. Like you can do puzzles based on tactics, which are like different ways to attack, or you can do puzzles based on uh, finding moves that are one move checkmates or two move checkmates, things like that. Wow. Um. So anyway, it's been like eating my life for the past few months. Well, it's just like
0: I I imagine one could just invest basically all of their mental energy in learning to play chess because it's. I mean, it's, it's the metaphor you use when you want to describe like a, a
1: complicated- <laughs> Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, it's so fun. I, I like, I, I, I don't know what it is now I compared to before. Cause like I said, I've tried chess and I, I've enjoyed it, but it's never like hooked me, but something about it right now, I'm just, yeah. I've never been, I can't remember the last time I was as into some hobby of mine. Let's well, let's <laughs> important thing, I think, mm-hmm. in,
0: like, an age where we have so much instant gratification to not only like develop a skill but to find something that you enjoy like growing at and learning and like you can deal with sucking at first yes Uh, i still
2: do
0: (laughs) every day i still deal with that yeah (laughs) especially i guess going against strangers on the internet is probably helpful for that um although i i could imagine um that there are uh so i i mean you play video games i don't really play video games but i i know okay. you know like teenage boys are notorious for talking trash yes, to scre- people,
1: screaming offensive like, things about me and play, my mother on the internet. Yeah.
0: Yes, like playing Halo or Call of Duty. So, I,
1: I could only imagine like a teenage boy beating you in chess. You'd, <laughs> you'd be surprised, your mother on on chess.com. There is a chat function where you can type to people, and yeah, you'd be surprised. People talk uh, trash. very much. I, I pretty much after like the first couple of weeks, I just turned the chat function off, and I was like, I don't want to deal with this, but you'd be surprised. That's that's amazing. It's a great. You did. You brought up Queen's Gambit before, which I actually I got in. I, I started getting into chess, and then i I told some people who I knew played chess, like, hey, I'm getting into this. We should play sometime. They brought up to me, you should watch the Queen's Queen's Gambit. It's really good. Um, and then I watched it afterward, and it's a good, it's a good, good series. You should watch it. <laughs> okay.
0: I, I actually have not, um, not for any particular reason. Just I this, uh,
1: this this episode of Seinfeld talks brought to you by the Queen's Gambit. <laughs> Queen's Gambit. Sacrifice your queen and furp on. Is that what the the gambit is? No, it's a it's okay. it's essentially like uh you just uh create you make a very aggressive position uh it for, uh to utilize your queen earlier on essentially. Interesting. Yeah, and I've learned all of, I feel I I feel like I sound so cool when I talk to people. Like I know what a, a Queen's Gambit is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually it's been it's been uh uh my big my big hobby in the past uh i guess it's only been like four months or so but but yeah. you not stop that whole time
0: yeah i remember when i was a kid i would play with my grandpa a lot and he would always beat me um and then i realized i'm not that
1: good at chess <laughs> that's, that's okay i still have my goal i set myself like an arbitrary there's like a rating system in chess for like you know, just essentially how good you are. Um, I set myself some arbitrary goal of like, I'd like to hit this rating by this amount of time. And there's absolutely no way I'm going to hit it. Um, but I'm still trying. I'm still, I still am seeing, uh, seeing improvements. So I'm hoping to, if you, if you got any chess listeners to this podcast, I'm hoping to hit an ELO rating of a thousand by the end of this year. So I have about six months to do so. and I'm at like 700 right now. Um, okay. So like if that puts you at if that puts me at a percentile of people on chess.com I'm like in the 30 something or maybe the 40 something percentile and a thousand would put me in like the 60 something percentile. Okay. Um which sounds like a really big jump but also like when you get to the really really high ratings like there's a very small percent or number rating for a very large percentile so like the people who are uh like everyone in the 99th percentile is probably at least 1900 again on chess.com but like the highest rated people are like 2800 so like far and above other uh, better people but they're all within that top one percent wow yeah
0: so those are the maniacs
1: yeah those are the uh the actual <laughs> actual famous people wow. <laughs> who, are, who are real good
0: do famous people just like play amateurs
1: on the internet and then actually they do yeah <laughs> if you uh like uh if you uh, there's over this past year, like you alluded to with Queen's Gambit, with Queen's Gambit, uh, and with just the pandemic in general, online chess has seen a really big boom. Including, yeah. like, I'm one of the people who jumped on because of yeah. the, the pandemic, um, and so a lot of people who like stream on Twitch or on YouTube uh, got really, really big over the past year and a half or so. And so effectively now they're famous people, and like if you subscribe to their Twitch channel, you can play a game with them on Twitch and watch every watch, get destroyed in front of thousands of people. <laughs> and I haven't done that but uh it's it's cool that they do that is interesting it's yeah
0: that's a that that's not something i understand i I will say the the people streaming the twitch streaming um Mm -hmm. you know i'm I'm just not a gamer sure and i don't really enjoy watching people play video games (laughs) it's it's cool that it exists like it's 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 so crazy the shit people come up with to occupy their time
1: it really is, yeah. I actually, I did stream on Twitch did you? Uh, in when I was in graduate school for only like maybe a year or so. Um, and you know, I was obviously never famous. I only ever had a couple people watching me at any time. Hey, it could we back up? You're, you're on a, it you're could, a. Could yeah, I'm on a podcast now. <laughs> I am on a very a famous podcast. Yeah, my, my parents might my start you. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't even know my Twitch username. I <laughs> uh, can't plug myself. That's but uh it was i mean it was you'll, something you'll like later and i'll, I'll post it <laughs> someday yeah uh it's just uh like i only did it as as uh, a hobby obviously so i was just Jeez. like i like to play this game and i'll talk to people who also have played this game about the game while i play it essentially yeah uh, and it was fun for for a bit but it's like uh people who like commit their lives to doing that professionally that's like hard for do because you it's good you get you get like sponsors and you can like get money from it yeah you can um, a set, the, way that, the ways that you can make money from it are like, uh, there's, mm-hmm. I, I, if you, if you get enough, if, if you get those Patreon, like you said, uh, if you get enough followers on Twitch, you become part of like their, uh, affiliate program is I think what they call it. It's what they used to call it when I was doing it. Um, and if you get enough, uh uh even even more followers after that are like a certain number of viewers every time you can become like a part of their partner program and that's essentially it's like you'll make money for ads that are aired on your on your channel oh okay. um so it's like cable yeah essentially because if you <laughs> just bring in enough viewers to play an ad you'll make money from it beyond that a lot of people get sponsored um a lot of people are sponsored to create content so it's like raid shadow legends at so pays me a thousand dollars to stream their game for 10 hours or something like that okay. um so people do people do it that way too again that's my very limited understanding of that world i'm not a part of it okay (laughs) but i like to i go i watch twitch a lot i watch a lot of people on twitch that's mostly playing chess now okay (laughs)
0: do you have a favorite uh twitcher that you'd like to shout out
1: uh probably not okay i usually i usually just hop on whatever's like the the most popular things in whatever category okay um so like uh they, they they split it by categories, so like some of those are games, so I could go like to the Call of Duty category and see all the people streaming Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Um, so like for example, I go to the chess category and see whatever the most viewed things on the chess category are and watch that. Okay. It's fun. Also, every once in a while, it's fun to hop into a channel that only has like two viewers and then just <laughs> actually like because there's a chat function, you can like engage with the person making the video and like actually type things and they can respond to you about like what are you doing how's the video (laughs) can you explain why you made that move in chess okay interesting Mm.
0: it's weirdly personal
1: it is yeah it can be um okay
0: I like I kind of have a direction I want to go but I don't know if we want to like dive in (laughs) to this okay (laughs) go for it if I'm not comfortable I'll tell you I'm not comfortable okay I'm kind of so I'm starting to believe that the coronavirus did escape from a lab in Wuhan. Okay, and I'm kind of feel like a conspiracy theorist because okay. I, uh,
1: I'll let you. I, I have no knowledge about that. I've heard people talk about that online. Like literally, seen headlines about it. I know nothing about it.
2: Okay,
1: it sounds to me, just hearing you say that one sentence, you sound like a conspiracy theorist. I mean, uh, but I don't. I don't know the circumstances of if that's true, or not. I haven't done the fact checking.
0: Well, there's like there seems to be like just more and more evidence coming out that it was something that was manipulated and that it's it's not like it has a different I mean I, I can't speak to like the real biology um sure. apparently gotta... it has cleavage which is like apparently a big thing okay um <laughs> like one um there were people working in that lab like as early as 2019 that were getting covid-like symptoms and someone's wife died okay uh and then like the person that fauci was emailing with deleted his twitter which is like circumstantial obviously sure um but is definitely suspicious and i know so i was listening today uh i'm only halfway through uh, Joe Rogan with Brett Weinstein. I knew you
1: were going to say you were listening to Joe <laughs> Rogan when you were talking about coronavirus. <laughs>
0: I mean, it was kind of obvious, and like I, it like makes me feel a little bit more conspiratorial. Okay, I don't give a shit. Um, anyway, yeah, I mean, so a lot of smart people are saying that it's it probably came from a lab. Okay, I... and a lot of people in government that have a very large stake in it not coming from a lab are saying that it didn't come from a lab. Interesting. And I'm more and more inclined to believe that it came from a lab and possibly that they knew it and that they're covering it up. Okay. i'm gradually losing more and more faith in our elected elected and appointed officials
1: i've i not frequently had faith in them but i'll still say that i'm taking what you're what you're saying with a huge grain of salt because i've done like i said i know nothing about this this claim people
0: well say. i I'll, I'll be honest i've only like sort of hit the tip of the iceberg and like <laughs> now I, you sound like a conspiracy theorist
1: yeah i i, I really <laughs> yeah, yeah i have a ta- i have a tangential related question yeah ahead. It's related to your academic program. Yeah. Uh, how, I know you said you're not like an expert in the biology of it. Is this, is, is this something that you have some area of expertise in? Like if no, they describe I, these I, things, none at all? Okay. Yeah. I, th- I figure not based on what you're studying because I knew it's more mental health in nature, uh, but uh, I wanted to verify. <laughs> okay. No,
0: well, I'm a complete novice. Okay. Um, no, I did not do well in college biology. Cool. Uh, or even I didn't even take work. college
1: biology. <laughs> yeah, I only
0: took high school bio. I didn't, I didn't do that great in that either. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah. Part of me feels like a, a Trumpy conspiracy theorist. Mm. Uh, but part of me is like, well, that the whole narrative around it has been so horribly politicized and like, sure. Trump has been out of office now for five, you know, five months. and it seems to me like the Trump derangement syndrome amongst people is still really strong. Yeah. People are still trying to like morally distance themselves from Trump and the Republican party, like as much as possible, at least in like my liberal social circles. Sure. Um, You know, which is like, it's fine. But I also think it makes you closed-minded to a lot of things and a lot of ideas.
1: I think think it's obviously important to be able to question Things and question authority. Um, so, like, if so, if you are looking at information that you're like, I don't have a full understanding. of this, look more into it. Um, that being said, like I said, I know very, I know nothing about the subject, so I don't want to make a point on like this is my standing on it.
0: Joe, this is that's what a podcast is. It's just people giving their people talking about things they don't know about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts. That's true. Uh,
0: what podcast do you listen to?
1: Mm a lot. Okay. Um pretty much pretty much anytime I'm doing any I, you know like most people my age pretty much anytime I'm doing anything that requires not my full mental capacity I will have a podcast on. Okay.
2: Um
1: Sometimes it's Steinfeld talks featuring Eric Loring. <laughs> uh that, that's that's a classic. Yeah, you know, sometimes <laughs> it's uh I listen to a lot of um this is podcast called Wizard and the Bruiser okay. which is like Uh, I it. uh it's I'm sorry. I've heard of it. Uh you have heard of it? Yeah, wait, is, that, is
0: it, that on The Last Podcast Network? It
1: is on The Last Podcast Network, yeah. Okay. Um, it's essential. It's just two guys talking about uh, geek culture things. So like sometimes it's uh, a video game or sometimes it's a comic book or a movie series. But they it's, I just listened to the episode on MF Doom. It was super interesting. Really? Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's essentially just about MF Doom.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, this one seems kind of obvious to people who follow him, but I found out he's British American and that he was born in, in the UK. Uh, but he was raised in the United States. But then he had a whole fiasco with uh, related to his citizenship, and he had to spend a couple years in the United Kingdom of his adult life after he grew up in the United States. So that was cool. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the podcast is. He is uh, crazy. Oh, I'm sorry. Is he in fact crazy? Uh, I do not know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know he. I mean, he's unfortunately passed away. So, which is sad. But um, he's. Oh, i, I I'd never. Allegedly, way. I've I've never listened to I've never listened to him that much. I listened to him a little bit because I had a roommate who listened to him a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like I've heard a lot of his stuff. I wouldn't wouldn't know it by name. Um, yeah. But uh, anyway, the podcast is just they pick something that is either nerd culture or nerd culture adjacent, and then just do like it's like an edutainment thing where they say like this is the history of it and what it's done and its impact and stuff like that. So them a lot. I have this a cool podcast on chess that I listen to. <laughs> I listened to a bunch. Um, what, what are they talking about um, on that? It's it's called it's called perpetual chess, okay. uh, which is a pun on a chess term called perpetual checks, which I'm sure you can figure out what it means. Um, but it's essentially just uh, that he brings the guy brings on a guest who is someone who plays chess or is affiliated with chess community in some capacity, and just talks about like it's essentially just an interview about their life and their okay. practice and what they do.
0: But just um, united under the theme of love of yes.
1: chess essentially yeah okay. and, and then the questions all pertain to like how do you practice chess what do you do and he's like series on how to improve as an adult specifically stuff like that okay um and then aside okay. from that I, i'm i'm sorry go ahead you feel like you've grown as a chess player
0: through listening to that
1: very much so actually yeah what? um because i'm sorry go ahead oh i was just saying well that's awesome it is uh it's mostly uh through osmosis i suppose because obviously if i'm listening to people talk it's not i'm not hands on a board or hands on a mouse playing but it's like uh i'm hearing people articulate like strategies they use or things that they have done to improve that i can then take into account what i'm trying to just
0: being around or you know virtually around listening to like inspiring people who have accomplished things you want to accomplish i think is so helpful and beneficial to your own self-growth like you know if you hang out with losers all the time like i you know our, our, our motley crew of high school friends <laughs> i love our motley crew of high school friends they inspire me uh, to be better they're they're very intelligent weirdos i yes. would classify them as.
1: i th- i think that's fair yes um if i can backtrack a little bit am i allowed okay. to ask you questions on the podcast
0: oh yeah you can do whatever you want
1: whatever i want okay bye <laughs> right. um You just talked about uh, being inspired, essentially, by people who are uh, good in the field in which they're in, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, What is something that you are passionate about? Let's say it's not your work, and who's someone who inspires you in that regard? Um.
0: So I. Sorry, you said outside of my work. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not inspired by people inside my work. Good. To, to be quite honest, they're um, weird rat scientists. Um, ah.
1: <laughs> weird so, rat scientists is a good name for a punk band. I'm trademarking that, that. That is a good
0: name. Um, you know, I, I've I've mentioned Joe Rogan numerous <laughs> times, um, and you know, I, I'm I'm doing it again currently. Um, I find myself late lately almost exclusively listening to his podcast. Okay not out of disrespect for other people's podcasts just because he he puts out so many great podcasts with so many great guests from such a diverse background yes um and so eclectic in a good way yes so you know i i think i've kind of talked about him well, I mean, I could talk about it more, obviously, but I'm not. I I, I won't.
2: <laughs>
0: currently. Sure. Um. Someone, maybe someone else. That inspires me. Um. No, I, I guess my, my life is just dedicated to being like Joe Rogan. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you should hit the gym and shave your head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, I I really enjoy, I've um, been enjoying listening to uh, Crystal Ball and Sagar. Okay, I'm not it. familiar. Uh, they are um, political people. I just listen to them on you know, who who the fuck else but Joe Rogan. Okay, <laughs> um, cool. <laughs> they had a show called Rising on the Hill for a while, and they like recently broke away from that to do something more independent, which I haven't checked out yet. Okay. Um. So I think they're pretty awesome because they're like they're very balanced one's a little more liberal one's a little more conservative um but they both say fuck you to the elite of (laughs) society um otherwise um hmm yeah I just like appreciate it when people go for it like even doing like stupid shit like tiktok dances like I find that shit inspiring because like yeah it's stupid and it's Mm -hmm. ridiculous and it's pandering to like the lowest level of entertainment but they were just like i'm gonna do it and they did it
1: putting themselves out there yes
0: exactly like one of the things like i realized about my life like a year ago is that i've said many times that i was going to do things and then didn't do them so yeah just the ability to follow through i find like so inspiring
1: cool is there something you've said to yourself recently that you're going to do that you're actually going to try to do um yeah so like
0: one of the things that i said i was going to do is do some volunteer work because i've been kind of trapped at home for too long and so um i've done two shifts working at the conservation plant nursery uh in burlington uh the Intervale, um mostly like uh water and plants that are eventually supposed to be planted out back into nature um and then uh i was also like last time i was there they had the they've got these like tubes that they put young plants in okay yeah plant Uh, tubes you plant exactly plant, <laughs> uh, but sometimes the plants don't make it. And so you got to take them out. Oh no. And so um, I was trying, I was just doing that and trying to devise like the fastest way to do it while getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. So like, yeah, that was like, you know, that's, that was just like good outdoorsy, you know, get your hands dirty work. So, you know, I was like, okay, I said I was going to do it and I followed through and now I never have to go again. <laughs>
1: cool um you have like a regular schedule there do you plan on going back or is it like yeah no i'm like
0: gonna do i I use do like an hour every saturday so like it's you know very low demand um like i don't really have a supervisor there so (laughs) yeah it was cool so I'm, i'm excited to like get more involved in it, and then they have like other projects like eventually these trees or these plants will need to get planted, uh, and back into the environment. So, you know, they depend on volunteers to do that. So, you know, I, I used to like do gardening and dirty work when I was a kid. Um, (laughs) I like how I said, dirty work, (laughs) dirty work. Yeah. Dirty deeds done dirt cheap. And then like, I've found that in the past, like, Probably since going to college, like, you know, I I go to Folk Fest every year and I get filthy there. But it's it's like it's it's weirdly like humbling to be out in nature, even just like out in a uh, an agricultural center Mm -hmm. where you're getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. Like it it kind of puts things like back. It it puts living in a house in perspective Mm
2: -hmm.
0: is what it does. And I think that's. A healthy attitude to have about it because this is very much a privilege. Yes, so.
1: I think so too. That sounds that sounds nice. Yes, so you get that you get that uh, respite back to. <laughs> okay. I don't know if that's the right word, but I guess respite back to your thinking about how lucky you are. Yeah. So yeah, though that, that's my,
0: you know, go go take control of your life story. Cool. For, for the day, um, are there? any like things that you've been thinking about that you want to like accomplish that you haven't
1: set out and done for whatever reason? Mostly, yes, and mostly things related to my health. Uh, I have not been physically taking care of myself. I'd say since the pandemic started, but even before that, (laughs) for the past, we'll say like, I don't know, five years of my life, I've been much less healthy than I have in the past. Um, And I felt in the past couple months or so, I really started to actually feel that and like, How my body reacts to the things i want it to do like i feel much more tired than i have Mm -hmm. um much more lethargic in general so i'm trying to i have been trying to take better care of myself in that so far all i've really been doing is trying to be better about what i've been eating uh, and when i'm eating and stuff like that
2: yeah well Um, that's
1: the most important thing i think apparently i've heard this
0: according Uh, to the things people say which you know are always true
1: (laughs) yes i've never i don't think anyone would I, i read i read on the internet somewhere somewhere like uh it only matters what you eat. And I don't think anyone would go on the internet and spread false information. So I'm going I'm, stick, I'm sticking with that. I mean, I'm putting um, this on the internet. So <laughs> that's true. Yes. Uh, and so far, everything I've said on this podcast is a yeah. lie. So, oh no. Um, but, uh, I digress The uh, I, I have been trying to, I, like you said, I've been meaning to try to take better care of myself in the past, very brief amount of time, coincidentally, like maybe a week or so I have actually stuck to it and I tend to try to keep sticking with it, but it's literally only been a week. So, uh, We'll see. I fully intend to stick it out. Um, I think that re- really, I kind of had like a, a wake up call, not like anything dramatic, but like I said, in the past couple of weeks or so, I've like felt myself being like, my body is weighing heavy on me. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, man, I got to change something about how, how I'm living. Yeah. I got to take care of this trash dump. I call my body. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, our, our
0: bodies are trash dumps and I, yeah. I, I look forward to the day. That we can uh, transcend mm-hmm. our bodies and break loose from our physical chains.
1: Yes, free me from this mortal coil, <laughs> but not totally. I just I want to be in the cloud. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dude, I, I like I get so mad um, if like in the morning uh, I wake up and then I'm trying to fall back asleep, but I can't because yes. I either have to go to the bathroom or like I'm really hungry or I'm thirsty. Like, damn, these biological necessities. Yeah, why can't I just sleep? <laughs> Oh, but no that's that's it's like it it's important to like get ahead of like of your health like mm-hmm. health like there's not enough emphasis on like healthcare yeah being proactive being about additive, it measure that's being the word proactive. yes yeah mm-hmm. and like it's no it's it is it's important it probably can't like it can be overstated, I guess, but like, it, sure. It's like, I find even just for my mental health. Like, that's kind of the most immediate benefit for me
2: mm-hmm.
0: of exercise and like eating right. Just like you run, you're running, you feel better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and so you know, things are things pick up momentum. It's like, so if you're you know, if you're not doing it, you're going to continue not doing, it. and it gets harder and harder to do it. So, mm-hmm. I, I commend you, Joe McCoy, for for making
1: the... Don't commend the me game. yet. It's been such a short amount of time, I still might fail. Okay. Well, then, all
2: <laughs>
0: right. well then uh, you're a piece of shit. You need to get Thank you. together. That's what I'm looking for.
1: <laughs> I thrive, I thrive, I, I, and actually a little bit, I thrive on negative reinforcement. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so, I'll try.
0: Okay. Are there any like, um, methods for yourself that you have found beneficial?
1: Oh, as far as like the health stuff goes? Yeah. Um, I mean, primarily it's really just been like, (laughs) I hate to just say not doing, not doing things that are bad for me, but it's really that, you know, like I'm sitting, like I'm sitting on my, I'm sitting on my couch and I'm like, uh, I want, and it's like 11 PM and I'm like, I want popcorn. (laughs) And I'm, I just tell myself, Am I hungry, or do I just want the popcorn? And I'm like, I just want the popcorn. And like, okay, so I don't get it.
0: <laughs> well, my my, uh, my mother once said, uh, eating and food have nothing to do with each
1: other, mm. and that is really <laughs> true. Um, yeah. Expound. Expand. Expound. What do you mean by that? Because uh, I, I when you immediately say that, I can think of that as two ways of like, uh, food is great, and eating has nothing to do with how great food is, or like eating is to live, <laughs> and, and you just need to. Uh, I believe she said it was like
0: you know we like yes we eat because we're hungry but like also we eat for a myriad of other reasons we're bored we're in social situations there's food in front of us so like yeah just making good behavioral choices like for me boredom is like yes a big big eating trigger and so, you know, just like finding ways to keep your mind occupied, like online chess,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, is it, it's like it's not only is it like making your mind sharper by doing battle with uh, strangers on the internet. Yes, but now you're <laughs> less likely to uh, to indulge in that popcorn.
1: Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Hey, I, I highly recommend battling strangers on the internet. But very, <laughs> I've had one of the reasons I also picked chess, and I know we're going back to this again. But one of the reasons I also I th- I think that I found myself so enthralled in it is like you alluded to a while ago now, even though chess, when you get right down to it, is just a pastime. It is just a game. So it's something that is entirely an individual activity, and in that it's like I'm not. It doesn't matter how my teammates function. It doesn't matter how, in, in theory, if you're in an okay environment, it doesn't matter what distractions are around me. The sun's not in my eyes. Yeah. It's just I have to think about what is the best thing to do in this situation. Yeah, and I make that decision independently. I think one of the reasons it's really st- stuck with me is because it feels like, even though it's just a game, uh, it's something that is really, uh, it's, it's helping you hone your ability to like make decisions and commit to stuff. Um, so even though I've only been playing for a few months, I really feel like it's uh, re- really actually helped me reflect on like the ability to commit to making, making a decision. It's just to do something that needs to be done. That's interesting.
0: So, like, you feel like your your decision making, your focus is is better. Is that what you're saying?
1: In a way, I'd say that my I think my decision making isn't necessarily better, but I think I think like, and again, it's only been a brief amount of time, so I'll touch back with you later. But I think at this point, having been playing chess so consistently, it's really made me think like. It's really made me reflect on how I make decisions, if that makes sense. So like really? maybe the quality of my decisions are kind of comparable, but like I had I had a, a realization when I was playing a couple of weeks ago that I was like I'm torn between two doing this move or that move, and I'm like I just gotta do one, and then so I just looked at the I just was like okay I'm doing this one, and I just made the decision. Okay. Uh, I think I lost that game. Okay. <laughs> so yes, because I learned a lesson. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, I think it just really, it really, I think, is, uh, and I don't want to sound too too grandiose or pretentious, but I think it really does, like, uh, it really helps you think about how you make decisions.
0: That's interesting.
1: Puts it into perspective a little bit. Wow.
0: Yeah, no, that's a... Uh, so if you want to play chess, the- let me know. Weirdly existential. Um, <laughs> Thanks. It's like... <laughs> So
1: like life, life is like
0: chess man
1: it's a metaphor yeah. it's a, that metaphor that you said we use for everything when it's kind of frustrating <laughs> or complicated wow i uh, but it's just fun you should play okay
0: uh I've, i'm very into uh i guess my version of chess is a uh, jigsaw puzzles
1: oh cool nice
0: um, yeah so I, I do them on the computer so i don't have like ten thousand jigsaw puzzles lying around
1: is there like a software program that's like, this is the best jigsaw puzzle? Um, program I'm
0: ever. sure there are, I just use websites. Okay. Um, works fine for me. You know, it, it kind of feels like you're cleaning up a giant mess and then right. you get a really pretty picture, which is very <laughs>
1: gratifying. Also it can be, uh, also it can
0: yeah. be. Existential. And then like, you know, it's there, there's strategy involved. Like, well, do I want to work on this part of the puzzle right now? Or this part? And it's cool. I've. I found it to be a very good way to pass the time while stimulating my mind.
1: Cool. Um, my fiance so, loves puzzles and I really don't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I it's weird. I don't remember liking them as a kid. Like you with chess, like you didn't like them as a kid. But, uh, you know, I guess puzzles are, are kind of more of an old man thing. <laughs> so, I suppose. Well. Yeah, chess too, probably. <laughs> it can be, yeah. It's like were, it
1: runs the gamut. That's another thing that's cool about it. Yeah. It's like, like
0: this- I'm sorry, go ahead. No, because, like, you know, when we were kids, like, you know, Game Boys were, like, coming out yeah a big thing, and, like, you know, like, Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network. Were
1: sorry, Grandma, I can't do your puzzle. <laughs> I have to smack this pixel across the screen to this other long pixel and exactly. go back to the other one. Yeah. Yeah, and, and
0: now these kids today are just, oh, they're
1: fucked. With their Fortnite and their oh. <laughs> TikTok. Yeah. Well, I mean, we really
0: were, like some of the last kids to grow up without the internet being literally everywhere.
1: Yep. And we started that, that started changing. I think when we were like, in, I remember being in middle, I think my family got the internet when I was in middle school. Maybe it was, it was, which I remember being later than most of my friends. Maybe it was, maybe it was the end of elementary school. You remember, but, um, sorry. You remember getting the internet
0: um, in, on your phone in middle school? No, in my home. In your, in your um, home. Okay. In wow. my <laughs> home. <Yep>. Yeah. It <laughs>
1: yeah. might've been elementary later. school, but uh, it was, I, I remember, I remember by the time I got the internet, most other people I knew already had it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we were still young enough that it then kind of, uh, you know, pervaded aspects of our lives beyond uh, what, what, what I'd say is growing up without the internet. Um but I think it didn't really become as prominent a thing. And this again, my own perspective. I didn't think it became that prominent a thing in the aspect of growing up until, like, kids had smartphones. That, I think, is what changed everything. Yeah, 100%. Um, mostly because of social media. Yeah, like, I... Uh, like, would... like, Go ahead. I was going to say that. Uh, my, my younger sister, like I said, is graduating high school tomorrow. Uh-huh. And uh, she grew up, even though I'm only seven years older than her um i feel I feel like she grew up so differently than me because she grew up with a smartphone and was like always on some social media yeah. with friends and always uh just you know always connected to to, to everyone else yeah. um so even uh, it, it's just i i feel like you can really see especially between us at the tail the tail end of millennial people uh to the gen z people uh how stark a difference that that really is you when when, uh, when it's yeah. when, when we're so close to what i'm saying you can really see that difference i
0: think the biggest one of the biggest things probably is exposure to porn like yep these kids can just lock themselves in their rooms and go to town like i had to sneak into the basement
1: lock <laughs> onto the family computer to watch porn i had to wait i had to rummage through the dumpster at my local exxon <laughs> To find, the torn off cover, to find the torn have... off cover of a max
0: <laughs> <laughs> nah, i'm i'm convinced porn has done a number on my brain because how could it not sure um, so, and like i don't know if that's like a bad thing i mean, probably i'm not sure
1: again you're that. closer to the expert in the area of impact on one's development from from their uh from that kind of stuff than myself yeah and i
0: like i it, it's starting to become a thing that's like studied and paid attention to and you know i think well it's it's weird because it, it just it's i guess it can Let's we'll just say conversations with children about what sex is has probably never been more important and will probably get more important every single year as porn gets weirder and weirder
1: i don't know i don't know if you and me are, you are have the same perspective on uh on the i don't want to say the same perspective i don't we look at the same things on the internet mike <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, i don't know and also i think we might have a different perspective on that i think that i, I mean as, the, as a research tool the internet is you know profound and there's a lot of kids who haven't had like wouldn't have the opportunity of the conversation with someone in their life about what sex is and it can be a positive tool to learn from that but also uh i understand what you're saying as like if there's so much exposure you still gotta and exposure early you might have to have those conversations earlier with with children as well yeah that's something me and my fiance talked about uh not not recently but we i guess relatively recently maybe a couple weeks ago we had a conversation about like uh when we do have again our at least one kid uh at what age is it appropriate to start telling him about like biology and what that really entails? Because uh, like you know, like I said, I grew up with uh, I grew up with brothers and sisters, and so I, I understood from living with other babies that yeah. like we had different anatomy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, like like you mentioned, if if kids like be, I didn't really understand much beyond that until obviously I learned about what sex entailed. But mm-hmm. then uh, if student, if I, I said students, but if kids are exposed to that earlier, then when do you need to have those conversations? Yeah. Did you guys settle on like an age? An age. I'm sorry, age one. Oh, like when we would tell our children? No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we, I mean, we, uh. Something you got to feel. Yeah. I think, I think it might depend on the kid, too. All right. I'm not, I'm not a parent yet. So I don't know. Yeah. But I think it really might depend on the maturity level of your child as well. Yeah. You got to
0: like start with the, the discovery channel like let them let them know like there's you know yeah, animal planet yeah animal, <laughs> this is well
1: animal
2: planet
0: i mean i feel now but like i don't know what exists i feel anymore. like that, uh, probably, Net geo plus <laughs> yeah that's probably where most of us got like our first exposure i think yeah.
1: i don't remember i remember i remember that uh i don't remember i remember knowing where babies came from as far as biologically that they uh came from an individual who's able to grow a person inside of them um But I didn't really know the process of how that started. But I I remember the the earliest memory. When you found out out how how it happened, yeah, like what's like what the active sex was. What the fuck? (laughs) Why are these people? (laughs) (laughs) The earliest memory. The earliest memory I have of 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 consciously asking a question about like human reproduction was I was in the car with my. It, it was. I was in the car with my older brother and my mother. I don't have I don't know if anyone else in my family was in the car. But I asked a question about how the how they get the baby out of, of the person who's pregnant with the baby, and um, my older brother said that they use uh, tools like that we would have in our garage, like a car jack. Essentially, he's like, "You see that thing Dad uses to raise the car? He's like, it's like that." <laughs> and uh that's my earliest memory of 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 any type of sexual education that was incorrect. Wow. Yeah,
0: yeah well, good times. I mean, that's I mean that's probably what the like what they used to do is like and
1: I I remember my mother did not correct my old brother so I don't know if she thought it was funny or <laughs> if she was just like now's not the time. <laughs>
0: well, it's difficult. It's it's a weird thing. I
1: I I, I envision having those conversations with my children when they're very young. Um at least be- because, I mean, it's just anatomy, you know? Yeah,
0: I don't, think- I don't think there's a reason to hide things from human beings for mm-hmm. the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously there are exceptions.
1: Um, like what? That's a good question. Ah, I got you. I stopped the Steinfeld. I win the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, you know children
0: you probably don't need to be telling your children about like every thing going on in politics or like every crisis going on That's in the, the world like you know it's okay to let your children be happy Before, <laughs> what if your out? child
1: uh, <clears throat> if your child asked you about something though would like i saw something on the news of like there was some uh just some horrific we'll say a natural disaster something that happened That would make your child very sad would you explain explain that to them still i asked i I, yeah i i i think you should
0: like otherwise you know you're just you're just spreading misinformation that's fair you're just one of those internet trolls yep you're you're doing even worse you're You're no better than this podcast yeah (laughs) you're just like taking a naive little thing and distorting its perception of the world so i mean it you know and looks listen i've I've got my dog, that's my responsibility. Like I I couldn't imagine being responsible for another human life. Yeah, it's wild. Molding that into a contributing member of society. It's very difficult.
1: It does. I feel emotionally ready. I've had this conversation with my fiance too. I feel emotionally ready at this point in my life that I'm capable of raising a child now. It's like, I feel like I want to have a kid.
0: Um,
1: Which is, uh, I don't don't know when I had that moment in my life, but uh, I thought, I I don't think there was a distinct moment, but I remember not feeling that way for a long time. And then maybe in the past couple of years, just just being like, maybe in the last past year or so, being like, I feel like I'm in a good place to raise a child. Mm -hmm. Um, As far, and I think maybe that's just the feeling that, until you'd have that feeling, and again, you know, I don't have a kid yet, I don't know, but I just feel like, uh, I don't know, it's it's weird to have that realization that like I am ready to to do that is what I'm trying to say.
0: Wow, that's that has to be like a very powerful
1: moment. Yeah, it, well, it is, um, and I, like I said, I, I don't think I don't really remember a distinct moment being the first time I felt that, but I remember reflecting back since I have felt that and being like, oh yeah, I used to not feel like this. And that's weird that like I used to be like I don't I'm not ready. It's too much responsibility. And I still think it's obviously maybe even too much responsibility. But I feel <laughs> but I feel ready. Like I feel like I'm at the point in my life where I I'd feel fulfilled having a child to raise. Wow. Um, yeah, it's d-
0: weird. I've got some uh, older friends who are graduate students. So one of them had a baby uh, a year ago, and one of them is due to deliver soon. And that has made me realize even more that I am not ready for one of those in my life. Do you think, do you, do you think you want to have kids ever? Um, I've actually said that if I have children, I would prefer to adopt. Okay. Then have a biological child because, um, I don't really want to bring a child into this world or subject the planet to another human being. Okay. Um, but I haven't if, heard a phrase
1: that way before. That's well said. Subject the planet to another. Planet.
0: <laughs> I mean,
1: let's say it. We're we're reaching our limit. I think. Yeah. There's. <laughs> I mean, we got space, but we're we we are reach. I think that humans are reaching our limit of uh, innately evil things we can do to the planet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even if the planet can still take um, it, I think we got to stop.
0: But space. if if there's a you know a little human baby that's already here, and needs help. You know, I would rather do that. Um, well, I said, like, we're reaching our limit. Um, I, I'm going to look up estimated population in 50 years, because it's supposed to, like, skyrocket.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, even the past, I, it was, was it in the 90s? It was only, or maybe it was the, like, I, I remember, I, maybe it was the 90s or the 80s. I feel like it was only, like, three or four billion people Then now we are already at, like, almost eight, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, here, I'm. so as of twenty sixteen, um, it was like seven point three billion. Okay. And as of like nineteen ninety, it was five point two billion.
1: Oh, okay. I mean, that's <laughs> still that's that's two billion, billion people, people in twenty years. That's yeah, that's pretty much a lot. Um, yeah, I thought but like in that.
0: 1950, it was two and a half billion
1: people. Crazy. So
0: yeah. Um, I'm trying to find like the estimate of what they expect it to be.
2: Do do. do.
0: stalling stalling <laughs>
1: I'll, <laughs> sing a, I'll sing a song while we wait i
0: <laughs> um, oh, crap i don't know any songs okay uh <laughs> by the end the un projects that the global population increases from 7.7 7 billion in 2019 to 11.2 billion by the end of the century wow that like that i, I don't understand how like I know. Granted, this year has been crazy, mm-hmm. but I feel like humans are kind of reaching a point where we might start going down instead of. Uh, I don't know. But, I
1: think that uh, I mean, if you if you literally look at the at the world, there's a lot of land that is, I mean, literally unoccupied. So like, like, like both with people or with crops, like a lot of a lot of the in, in the country we we reside in the United States, a lot of the space is just empty, we but. Were- people own it, even if they're not doing anything with it. So then there's a lot of property related issues that would need to arise of like, are we gonna take, since we have an increased population, are we going to redistribute wealth and land uh, as necessary for, for the population? Yeah. Well, I agree, That's not something I don't think we need to worry about until we like, I, I, I'm not an uh, anthropologist, but maybe yeah. doubled in population, but.
0: Like um, you think we, 7.7 7 billion, like we've got a shit ton of problems you got to think like 11 billion you know that's like
1: 50 percent more problems percent more problems
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to, so i don't know um i'm glad i won't be living <laughs> in that lifetime oh i'm i'm going to be alive then yeah, i mean so I'll, I'll let you know how it goes oh th- i'm they might just like put us in a weird state of suspended animation
1: I'm just gonna get my brain uploaded to a to a thumb drive. <laughs> That's also possible. Like, yeah, in, in, I don't I'm, think so. I wonder. I I I think about. I, I like science fiction, and so I think about like stories I've read or seen that relates to maintaining human consciousness uh, beyond uh, you know its intended terminal uh-huh. length. Uh, and I don't know. I'm terrified of dying. But I don't know if I want to have my consciousness alive for thousands of years. <laughs> so I
0: mean, it seems you know it's a long time. It and years is a long time. <laughs> so like I think you'd get
1: bored? Maybe. Do I have other people that do I have other consciousnesses to like uh, talk to? Yeah. I don't know. It's an a, it's a. it's a interesting. Have you um this is a bit of a tangent? But it's related. Have you wa- read the comics or seen the show Invincible on Amazon Prime? I've not. Okay, watch it. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to spoil it for your podcast listeners <laughs> around the globe. But it was comparably related to that point. But okay. I don't want to spoil anything. So,
0: well, but thank you, thank you for considering them. Um, you're, you're welcome.
1: <laughs> do you have? Do you have like? A, and I don't know if it's appropriate to talk about on the podcast, but do you get like a. Are you able to get statistics from the? Uh, uh, the feed that you upload this to, so like, see how many people listen to each episode. Yeah. How do you do? Uh, not great. <laughs> <laughs> was your uh, motive was 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 your motivation for this more so just like I don't want to say like a journal because you're talking to people obviously. Yeah. But just like as a hobby, or are you trying to take this to the top?
0: I mean, it's a hobby. <laughs> okay. Um, would I?
1: I would. If you woke up tomorrow and were five three and really jacked and bald and were Joe Rogan, you'd be happy. <laughs> I mean, I
0: would like to make it bigger. I guess. Um, cool. And it's it's more so about finding like people that I didn't go to high school with <laughs> to sure. talk to as well. Ouch, Mike. So, no, i it's, it's, it's not that I don't love talking to you guys. It's just like oh, thanks. So you know, kind of like one of the things that I did want this to be is like I meet weird random people, and I've have done a little. Sure.
1: Bit yeah, I've them. seen you've got cool people on here. Um.
0: So like I I did recently um, get in touch with some people on Reddit. There's a a whole subreddit just for like, it's called podcast guest exchange. It's mostly people asking other people to be on their podcasts, but it's also some people saying, here I am, have me on your podcast. Cool. And I just reached out. So I've got like, I think three people that I'm going to have on at some point, or at least say they want to come on. Um, So that's cool and then other than that just like i'm very i'm kind of shy about (laughs) this about like promoting it yeah about promoting it so it's like it's hard for me to talk about it to other people even though i've like been doing it for almost a year now yeah um which is kind of crazy to think about Mm -hmm. so what are you shy about it for um i am just like a shy reserved person like cool. I, I, I very much fear being judged. Okay, Uh, and that's
1: been like some... a bad dude. That a podcast might not, might it might not be the best avenue. I mean, okay. well, I think <laughs> no, you're 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 right, but no, uh... no, I'm kidding. I, I mean, that's that's anything in life. Yeah. So, because like if you put yourself out there in any capacity, people are going to judge you. Like when I was on Twitch, I told you I had like five people watching me, someone would still come on and leave me uh, jerky comments <laughs> of like two. Like, I have two people, and one of them would be, would be so mean to me.
0: <laughs> but like, that's why, like I said before, I have so much respect for you know, people that do dumb shit on TikTok, even. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you know, you're going to get shit and you're going to get hate, but you do it anyway.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's so important word i agree you know that's like like my parents taught me like don't put so much weight on what other people think but that's probably something we should do in school too probably like every every day one kid should have to get up in the front of the class and every
1: other kid makes fun of him Oh my god! (laughs) Ten minutes
0: (laughs) really build some calluses.
1: (laughs) Yeah, build build your build your tolerance to trolls.
0: God. Yeah, no, I mean it's 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 weird. We 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 live in a a culture where dissent is kind of is frowned upon. Yeah, and you know, dissent is that's that's what uniqueness is. That's. Mm why we have all the different cool crazy shit that we have
1: that's true so have you thought about at all um doing since since you've been doing this like a year now And you said you in theory would be happy for it to get bigger like additional podcasts or other type of media in any capacity um so like this is the interview like the the flagship steinfeld talk show (laughs) but like uh this is our secondary show where we talk about x y or z specifically or something like that
0: I mean, I'm, I'm open to everything and anything like, I, I I don't see a reason why it would need to be a separate show. Okay. Um, like one, you know, one of the things I like about this is just like, while I have a tremendous amount of respect for the people who do podcasts where they like, they have a very specific topic and they're going to do the research on that topic and tell you about it. Sure. Like, that's amazing this is like the complete opposite yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah like occasionally like you know there will be kind of a more set topic like the last person i had on like you know we, we were specifically talking about israel and palestine yes so um and now just like this is just like formal informal and fun and kind of stupid but also (laughs) also really fun to do so good no it's fun
1: i think it's cool i think it's admirable that you that you uh are are doing this and have been doing it for so long thank you you really uh uh you you decide like i know you said you start things and don't finish them but you decide you want to do this and you really committed to it
0: yeah and like it's had fits and stops but you know it's got to keep it's it's still it's still kicking Mm -hmm. and uh you know Hope so hopefully someday someone can write a really bad article about how I'm presenting really shitty ideas mm. that are uh, dangerous to people, and then that's, I'll know that I've made it. Then you'll know
1: you have a successful podcast of some capacity. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> like if like that's honestly how you know you've made it. I think is like if if people are taking offense to what you're doing, like mm. that's probably well, I I shouldn't say that because you could just
1: be you could just be a jerk yeah, you be a <laughs> if you're getting if you're getting i i i'm picking up what you're putting down it's your, if people feel you're prominent enough to give you attention regarding that yeah like i'm you know i'm not
0: doing this for attention um sure so i'm doing it for money <laughs> to get rich and
2: famous
1: <laughs> oh man i this episode is brought to you by honey <laughs> <laughs> um
0: I hate listening to ads on podcasts so much. that so I, I don't think I could ever put an ad on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> you say that
1: until honey offers you $10,000.
0: I mean, yeah, you, people you, sign you're, up. you're right. $10,000 is hard to turn down. That's
1: true. Um, I do almost anything for $10,000. <laughs> and I will take no follow up questions about that. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's
0: that's where you learn, like what your principles really are. I suppose, and like who you really are as a person. Yeah. When, okay, you, you say you're not going to do something, but here's, you know, a nice, juicy 10 grand mm-hmm. for you. How much do you really believe in your own convictions?
1: How much How much do you really not want to talk about honey on your podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, the way, either way, I think it's admirable that you're, uh, that you've stuck with this so long. And it's, and it's, it's quality. You know? I've listened to some of your, well, oh, you. your for it. Um you know,
0: I, I I try to put out a a good show um, while still well like not trying to put well, I try to put on a good show while not putting on a show. Yeah what you mean. Like every I want everything on this to just be authentic
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I wanna create a space where people can be themselves, you know, a safe space. Sure. Uh and sometimes stupid shit gets said in sure. that safe space that mm-hmm. could be offensive to people. Sure, it's a safe space. So, word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you have any uh, other things that are on your mind that you wanted to get out there, or any uh, shout outs you want to give? Oh gosh, shout out to Mike Steinfeld for his podcast Steinfeld. Doctors. Thank you. Shout
1: out to you, Joe. <laughs> for my not podcast and nothing uh, if you want to catch me on social media you can't i'm not on anything <laughs> follow me on nothing <laughs> leave me comments like share and subscribe to nothing that's all i got
0: <laughs> all right well if you, um yeah well it has been awesome having you on and awesome talking to you um i would love to have you back anytime i'll be back Okay, Jim. McCoy. Call me, beat me if you want to reach me. <laughs> All
2: right. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. Bye.